This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. The following show may have some triggering themes. Listener discretion is advised. Good morning New Zealand and welcome to all my listeners at Access Radio Taranaki, Coast Access Radio, Radio Hawks Bay, Arrow Radio Masterton and I'm your host Neville Wallace broadcasting from Hara for the next 30 minutes. Today I have four guests, Lance Burdett and Kelly Judkins, Barbara Kuriger and Philip Duncan. So let's get into it with the panel of Kelly Judkins, myself and Lance Burdett who was a former police negotiator and now a facilitator for helping people with mental challenges. So sit back and listen to the first of this two-part interview about stress and how to cope. Well, good morning, Lance Burdett from Warren International and Kelly Judkins, proprietor of Harding's Funeral Services. How's it all going, everybody? Yeah, good, Neville. Good for me, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Neville. Yep, really well. Right, today we're going to be looking at strategies of how to cope with life in 2023 and beyond. Could you explain how each of you work? I know how you work, Kelly. You're a funeral proprietor. And Lance, you've just come in on the scene helping people in dark times. Could you explain who's going to go first? Kelly, off you go, Kelly. I'm interested. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I guess uh, for me, funeral service has really changed over the last 30 years that I've been involved, and mental health and staff retention are massive ones that we work towards and are making um, really predominant and, and a real high priority now in funeral service because of what people see. Um I think that the stiff upper lip that the English had influenced in funeral service, that's largely gone now. And um, I know for myself that we're working largely in um, lots of team building exercises. We use a lot of debriefing. We use professionals to ensure staff mental health and that type of thing. So so we're really pushing on, on that sort of ilk because of what um, our company is always and potentially exposed to. So does that sort of answer your question, Neville? Or? Well, yeah, I suppose that people can get a feeling from this. What's your situation? How's it appear to you, Lance? Yeah, it's, uh, so for me, um, when I, I was a builder, I didn't know much about this stuff years ago, um, and then I became a cop, and during that time I was a crisis negotiator and a lead crisis negotiator for New Zealand Police, uh, where we did a lot of suicide interventions, but uh, unfortunately I wasn't looking after myself, and I had depression. I, be, um, it's, I had accumulated stress disorder, so in the police and in, in, in those days, we never talked about how we felt. We talked about, um, well, you know, how good was that? Uh, let's go and have a beer. Uh, and that's how we dealt with mental health in those days, right? And it, it never worked. And so I had depression and I was ended up being suicidal. I had suicidal ideations. 
and that got me on this journey now. So I studied, and, um, and in fact, when I got to police college, somebody showed me how to learn. I'd never known how to learn. I've got, I'm just recently, I'm 65 now, at, at 65, diagnosed with ADHD. And in those days, uh, ADHD, you were treated as, you were punished, you were isolated. And that was sort of all led to um, this big coming together of, I need to sort myself out, but I wonder if I can help others. And since that time, um, I've worked back through my own depression and my own place. Uh, and I started to run some courses, and now we've got a business um, going and helping people help themselves. So showing people what's going on. So I work from a neuroscientific foundation, so brain imaging, uh, how the brain processes information. And coming from that direction and putting um, deciphering technical language into uh, everyday language uh, is very helpful for that. So, yeah, I'm just out there helping as many people as I can. Because I just happened to have a look at some of the recordings I did with uh, Country Channel way back, when was that, 2012 or thereabouts, and Kelly would know the Johns, and uh, how he drove a tanker. And they said, no, you're all right, you've got a bit of a cold, get back in a cab, so to speak. And that was the attitude then, but have we come much further, folks? Um, well, I, th I think Kelly nailed it. Um, I've never thought of it from that way, Kelly, and you got me, you probably saw my face go. Um, <laughs> the English way, right? And, and yeah. you know, you said something really beautiful, and I, uh, I've been to a few, the older you get, the more funerals you go to, and I went to a... Um, been going to a few funerals for my uncles and my and my parents and things, uh, and now it's getting more relaxed, and I love it. I mm. love it. You know, I want to see kids running around um, the, the coffin. I, I yeah. want to see that stuff. I, I want somebody. I, look, I haven't I haven't got a speech, but I just want to tell you about. You know, Wham and I had a beer one, and it just it's just so relaxed, and so, and so mental health for me is very similar to that these days. So I do a lot of work in the community. I run I run free community events. Uh, when when an organisation takes me somewhere, I say, oh, look, let's let's get the community out, and I'll, I'll run a free event. And it's really relaxed, you know. Um, under over 14s come along, they bring, parents bring their kids, and I just talk openly about what's going on inside our head in a natural way, just not in a formal way. And it that's the way the world is these days. We're a lot more informal, and that's the way I feel it should be, particularly with mental health. So I don't call it that. We call it mind health, because the word okay. mental means it comes from of the mind. And so it's not, it's mind health, right? So let's change the narrative. You know, you're not going for, uh, you know, when we talk about going for a, a psychology, going for counselling, well, we're not. We're going for, for, for brain physio, because that's what it is. You know, physios push on the part that hurts. So do these people, and so I love what you said, Kelly. It's, it's resonated with me. Having a very relaxed view. Thanks, um, too. Something that you've said, Lance, is um, mind health versus mental health is a really nice way to put it because there's such a huge stigmatism in mental wellness or unwellness, um, and I think one of those is the biggest thing. It's one of the biggest um, evils of the world where it was designed to make life more convenient, but instead it was the very first thing to speed life up. And now we have to be accessible. And you mentioned the farmer um, earlier who 
is 65 and not on social media, but guaranteed he'll have one of these. And he will feel obliged to answer it every time it rings. Yeah, yeah and, and that's that right now. But, it, you know, just I, I talk about going for a cup of coffee. You go to the cafe and you look at that board. She have a flat white, she have a have a cappuccino, she have a frappuccino, she have a americano. I say, what's your fragrance you get? I'm not really sure. What's your milk should I get? There's lots of milks there, isn't there? How do you milk almonds? That's kind of weird. And you, you go through this whole, you know, 40 decisions. Just have a flat white and make it a small one in a takeaway cup. I'm good. Well, once upon a time it was Greg's and a polystyrene oh, cup. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. And then somebody <laughs> bought a long percolator and it was like, what's that? Yes. <laughs> and I just, I still do it. I still have just a... And they say, oh, do you want Makona and Nescafe? I'm like, oh, just coffee. Just the coffee. <laughs> just, you know, you go to fill your car up and there's four flavours now. It's just like, stop it. <laughs> yeah, so life is, we've got too many decisions to make. And because of that, we're disconnected from our prefrontal cortex. We're stuck in our limbic system. And the limbic system is the emotional brain. Now, the humans, as humans, uh, we sense emotions, right? So every piece of information that comes into our head from sight, sound, smell, taste or touch goes to the amygdala inside our limbic system and is tagged with an emotion first. And so when you think about your memories, your strongest memories when you were in your most emotional states. And so I can remember most funerals I've been to where they were personal, deeply personal. I can remember mainly negative things, so around 80% of our memory is of bad things. Now, the dumb thing about our brain is it works in simpler times. Don't go down by the river. The last time you went down by the river, a crocodile come out and nearly ate you. So the brain registers river, crocodile, avoid. Now, that's it. doesn't tell you how you got away, and that's a reference for the future. So when we're on our phones... We are looking at stuff and we're comparing what we're reading the same as we're doing now and people watching this will be comparing what we're saying to themselves. You can't not do it. And we're doing it according to what we've done in our life and our extreme experiences. Does that kind of make sense? And so because we're on this, and media have found a way of diving into the negative stuff, you'll see media have got a lot to answer for mainly around because that's what we want to see. Well, is it? Uh, it's causing so much so much difficulty. And these things really are, you know, once it was thought it was the blue light. Now, I've just read last week as an aside that um, countries in uh, Scandinavian countries have gone back to, in their school, of getting kids to write with pencils on a piece of paper because they've realised we're advanced too much. Right? And so... We have, we have greater access and we're born curious. Every time you pick these things up, you uh, get a shot of dopamine and it's dopamine that keeps, that keeps us, we learn from. So when you try something, you succeed, you get dopamine. When you have a list of things, you tick it off, you get dopamine. And because of that, we're driven to continually have our phones up. And you would have seen my eyes even in this looking down because a message came through. Yeah, we'd better get on to some of the occupations that have a high suicide rate. You come to any yeah. conclusions there, Kelly, Lance? Go ahead, Kelly. Um, for me, I mean, Harding's funerals were in South Taranaki, so we're a rural town, and a number of years back we had that horrible um, record number of suicides in any one year, and 
and uh, and they were, sadly they were rural related and uh, and, and all young men and um, all very um, very I guess bought into the notions of feeling isolated and anxious and all of those mindsets that Lance you've been talking about um, suicide I mean gosh it's it's the permanent answer to a temporary problem um, that if, if someone has the patience to work with someone feeling suicidal that would be a massively um, advantageous part of society I think because even though we're funeral directors we don't we don't like seeing funerals come through like this because the angst and the grief that a family goes through that really touches your heart and um, and and if we could have funerals where people have died of having an amazing life that's that's a great thing you know and uh, but for someone to cut short their life because of something going on in their lives that could potentially be fixed um, wouldn't that be amazing yeah look at some um, it, it it knows no boundaries suicidal mm. and having been suicidal myself um and having studied it my last book um dark side of the brain focuses it's got five chapters on suicide so prevention intervention and postvention which is something we don't talk about often you know so i got through this what now people think that once you've got through you know oh look we've, we've saved them well now it's going yeah. to be worse for them because they feel like they failed they, they yeah. can't even kill themselves right so it's it's kind of worse, but I, 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 great point. I've been with uh, to some funerals recently, including my niece, who I dedicated uh, my last book to, um, who took her own life, you know, at the age of 16. Um, it, it knows no boundaries, but the predominant uh, occupations that that are coming through are farming and construction. And so, uh, looking at those two, there's a number of factors. Apart from the fact that they're male-dominated, uh, there's a lot of isolation. Uh, they're transient, affected by global, the weather, uh, all sorts of other impacts that you have no control over. Apart from all of that, those two occupations are directly linked to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Food, water, shelter, air, sleep. So when you think about food and, and, and shelter... Those, it's something that's intrinsic with people who are involved in those two. So I was a builder and, and, and I actually left the building industry and this is a true story because I was feeling overwhelmed. Now this was years ago, uh, with, with so much insecurity. Uh, when you feel insecure and unsecure, so we all feel loss. Uh, and of course Kelly, you'd know the loss of life, right? So we fear that. And, uh, and we grieve for it, but we grieve in everything we go through in life because it's a loss. We, it makes sense, doesn't it? We grieve for when we've lost a sense of self-control, when we've lost anything. Um, that's what people are feeling at the moment and up here in North, where they've mm. lost their homes, they've lost... So they go through that same grieving process, so that's what we fear is loss. And it, um, the brain, if you don't do something about it, if you don't connect with people, uh, what happens is we do that spiral, ourselves talking to ourselves about ourselves. 
And so it is, it, you're right, it's the intervention, but one thing I always remember, remind people of, uh, it's not them. When they, it's, What the brain says, and it happened to me, it, the brain, the, the mind tells you, uh, you're a bit of a burden at the moment, uh, you've fought really hard, uh, here's a way out. And that will stop all the pain for yourself and for those around you, because you are a loser. Lance, and that's what happens inside your head. What sort of music do you follow? Because the theme for MASH is going through my mind at the moment, uh, and I don't know whether you know the words to that one, but it's yeah, not I do know the nice. words to that one, yeah. But milked cows for years, and so I wouldn't know what they would milk like with this modern music that they have. It upsets them. It upset them, and when you get a new employee come along, no, I don't like that. Well, I want something else. Bebop and bloody cows are all over the place. <laughs> I'll, I'll just mention, and I'm going to interrupt you here, Neville, because one of the last relief milkings I ever did was actually for you. We listened to The Rock as opposed to The National, and your milk fat was up that week. That's <laughs> it right. shocked it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's And we'll be back next week to continue the story with Lance Burnett and Kelly Judkins. Stress to our relaxed Barbara Kruger as Barbara talks about the forthcoming display at Mystery Creek by the Seeker Hunting Group this weekend and some of the schools she has visited. Good morning, Barbara Kruger. And the big question at the moment is not who's going to be an MP, well, who's not going to be a minister, but who's going to win that and World Cup? Oh, look, uh, Neville, good morning. Um, I think we've all got our fingers toasted and everything else crossed um, in terms of backing the All Blacks. Um, they've come this far, and I must say it's been a long way since they last played South Africa and got that hell of a thrashing. Um, <laughs> they've actually really picked up their game. Uh, and I'm really hoping for all of us and for the team uh, and also for the coach uh, that there's a bit of good luck and uh, good management goes on during the game and wouldn't it be great? I mean, it's been a fantastic few weeks. We've had um, not just uh, an election win for us, but we've had Taranaki win the MPC. Uh, we've had the All Blacks come through this far and uh, I think we should just keep going while we're on a roll. So, um, yeah, it's been exciting times, and I guess, um, you know, just at the moment as well, while we're waiting for the special votes to be counted on the 3rd of November, uh, which is also my wedding anniversary, um, so, you know, a couple of special moments on that day while we're waiting for that. It's just a good opportunity for most of us to be out and about uh, doing thank you afternoon teas. Um, visiting uh, various uh, organisations and attending functions. It's quite nice to go out after an election. You don't feel like you're asking for something. Uh, although I have to say, yesterday I went out Inglewood and I did uh, up and down the main street and helped the ladies who were collecting for breast cancer. And I'd go into the shops with my bucket and people would say, hey, what do you want? And I'd go, well, I don't need your vote today, but, I, but you can give me some money if you want to. So, um, no, it was really good. Inglewood was very generous and it's a fantastic cause. So just being able to dress in bright pink and shake a bucket around for a good cause like breast cancer is a great way to spend um, an hour or so. So that was good. Um, look, I've been um, Te Awamutu this week, the men's shed, 
they launched a book, and it's a collection. It's written by uh, a man called Richard Cato, or coordinated by a man called Richard Cato, where he's picked up stories of uh, quite a number of members of the Men's Shed and um, compiled it into a book with some photos. And, uh, you know, it's quite neat. I think I love going to the Men's Shed. We all think that the Men's Shed somewhere where they make stuff and fix stuff, and yes, all of the above is true, but a men's shed is a place where it's simply where they can hang out together, and while they're um, fixing and making, they have a chance to talk to each other about life, and all the things that uh, they like to talk about that don't always go down in mixed company, and I know these days that, you know, we're very uh, gender sensitive at times, but actually I think it's very important. A woman likes to get together and talk about stuff, and so do men, and there's some things that don't fit in both conversations, and I just think it's wonderful, and their book's amazing, um, and I uh, recommend anybody in the Te Awamutu area or anyone that's got a remote interest in men's shed uh, to grab themselves a copy. It would be great. Um, I think I've done a bit of um, uh, kids stuff at the moment as well. I went down to Stratford the other day uh, to the Taranaki uh, Calf and Lamb Club. Uh, saw all the kids with their various breeds of calves. And while I love all calves, I have to say, jerseys really are still my favourite. Um, it's what we've found all our life, and I'm not biased, but I do love the brown ones. Um, and so it was really great to see all the kids out there. There were lots of kids, and it, again, it was a beautiful day. Uh, for the kids to, to be dealing with their animals and uh, it was great to just see them all picking up their ribbons and keeping an eye on the trophy and um, it was really good to be back in that fold again and then um, during the week I also went out to my old hometown where I was born and went to school in Opanaki and I visited uh, my grandson Max's class, it's his last year at primary school and they wanted to know a bit about elections and parliament and um, and how everything works. And so um, Max sort of put his hand up and said, well, my granny's an MP. She might like to come and tell you. So it was a wonderful opportunity. And kids ask way better questions often than adults do. You know, they're quite connected. You think kids don't know much about politics. But, you know, they know about housing. They know about potholes. You know, they know about the cost of a piece of broccoli or, or whatever because they hear all these things from their mums and dads and they were just really fascinated to hear about how Parliament worked as well because um, most people when they see Parliament on TV they see a bunch of people squabbling but actually you know, 90% of us get on 90% really well 90% of the time in select committees and things like that and that's the bit that people often don't see. So to complete this week, uh, I'm heading down to the Seekers Show at Mystery Creek um, near Hamilton Airport, the home of the field days. Um, so it's the show for hunters, uh, and um, it's called the Seeker Show after uh, various um, species of deer. And uh, just going down there to see what the hunters are all up to, uh, what they're thinking, and um, just going to go and spend the day on a stand down there. So um, coming out of there, a bit more knowledgeable than when I left as well. So I did actually shoot a deer once. I uh, went out with the Game Animal Council and had the opportunity. And, um, yeah, glad to say I actually got it um, and uh, made nice venison for quite some time. So, so that's about my week, uh, Neville. Uh, next week sort of shaping up to be the same, um, you know, out and about. And then after that, I think we'll be starting to focus on um, on the big house in Wellington again. 
Well done. Thank you, Barbara. And I dare say next week we will hear what happened at the Seeker Show. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll probably know what's going on with the special votes by then as well. So let's learn more from Philip Duncan about the vagaries of forthcoming weather events and other weather-related incidents. Well, good morning, Philip Duncan. The weather looks... Looks all right at the moment, but Mrs. Neve is getting her washing out on the line. I think she'll get it dry. What is the prognosis for the weather? Because some of this is going to be over that is coming by the time this goes to air, won't it? Yeah, we, we, we've really seen um, some crazy spring weather um, uh, with both ends of the country getting severe weather over the last week from the big southerly blast that came through on the Thursday, Friday a week ago, which brought snow to low levels in Southland and Otago and then frosty weather, which is you know not ideal at this time of the year for those that make that beautiful, lovely wine that we love to drink. <laughs> uh, and then at the other end of the country, not so much a risk of frost, but more you know, risky weather with um, the leftovers of what was severe tropical cyclone Lola, which merged with another low near Brisbane to create this new system, which has uh, just passed through. And so, uh, you know, weather from both ends of the country, getting subtropical, humid weather for some of the north, and then this wintry change at the south. To me, that is actually the definition of spring. It's just all over the place. But now that we're, uh, this is going to air, the forecast for the days ahead, back to sort of more what we're used to um, at this time of the year, which is going into November with a bit of a westerly change and sort of the usual weather and a lot more high pressure out of Australia, which I think is going to sort of settle New Zealand down just a little bit. So, Philip, anybody with outdoor pursuits, whether it's water, hiking, mountaineering, take a bloody good look at the weather forecast before they do things. Absolutely. In fact, not only do you need to really look at the forecast before you head out, but also, you know, the, the, how many days you're away, making sure that there's nothing surprising in there. You know, even just the risk of a thunderstorm should be enough to really sort of go into a little bit more detail about what that means, because they can cause flash floods, as we saw in Auckland on the 27th of January this year. They can cause very serious floods. One of the cool things, though, with technology is, as you see with these ads on television and radio, talking about um, how people will be able to send SMS messages and potentially use their phone, no matter where they are in New Zealand, using satellite technology. That's a really big thing, because the, the, it means that those out in the middle of absolutely nowhere will soon uh, be able to get access to the latest weather forecast and the latest warnings and potentially even getting push notifications to say, hey, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere and the Met Service or Weather Watch have just issued a warning. Um, that's, that's where we're heading to as a company. I know that we've got the support of Met Service to do this and now we just need that technology to catch up so that people out in the wilderness can actually get technical, technical updates from, from weather providers. Yes, and they, well... Uh and some, some of that stuff is dependent on radio, but now we've got better communication, haven't we? Yeah, and, you know, I grew up with radio being the be-all and end-all of, you know, any sort of emergency situation. And I think Cyclone Gabriel really highlighted this year how important radio still is because you don't need wires for it. You can, you can just tune in from anywhere. Um, and, and at the moment, mobile devices are limited to um, how close you are to a cell site, which is, yes, no different to radio being next to a radio station mask. But then most parts of New Zealand, in fact, I'd say every single part of New Zealand pretty much has access 
to some radio station. So um, cell phones are a little harder, and it's a lot more limited, but we're seeing huge improvements getting into the satellite technology, and I really hope in the next year or two we'll start to be able to send warnings and, and weather forecasts to those that are normally in areas that you wouldn't expect to get Internet coverage. Well done, and thank you, Philip Duncan. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's my lot for today, but always remember to slip, slop, slap that sunscreen over your skin when you're out in the sun. And if you're out fishing or just boating, remember those life-saving hints like check the weather, have a means of communication, whether phone or radio, wear that life jacket at all times and enjoy life. Well, that's my lot for today. Remember where to tune in next week and we'll talk again. Ka kitty and all. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.